Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-ray may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. And welcome into another edition of The Sharp Edge, your favorite sports betting podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined as always by the legend, handicapper Brandon Lang from brandonlang.com and two for the money fame. Brandon, before we get into this weekend slate, let's talk about some of the uh, rants. The fans have loved our Thursday night rants. Well, your Thursday night rants. So what happened when you're uh, what happened with your Thursday bets, I should say? How the fuck do you only score 19 points when you don't punt the game? You settle for field goals. You know, you look, uh, this is why, and I'm not saying this because I had Minnesota minus the points. I'm using it as a platform to make a point. It's why the Minnesota Vikings will never win a Super Bowl with Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. If that's the Patriots, which it was, they blew out Washington. They blew out the Giants. The Patriots blow people out mm-hmm. when they're supposed to blow people out. It's what they do. And it's the Patriots who are up 37 nothing with four minutes to go at Miami and still pump in another touchdown instead of running out the clock. Or that's the Patriots up 33 nothing against the Jets and Bill Belichick is challenging calls. That's exactly right. And so when you look at the Vikings, and there's 321 to go, and they get it down there first and goal at the eight. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels are not running it three times and playing the clock. No, because they're using that opportunity as a chance to get a live look at certain plays. They're always coaching. They're always growing. They're always learning. That's not a chance. that You're not just playing out the strings there. They take that as an opportunity to run plays, see how a live yeah. defense looks at it, because it's going to come around to you later on in the season. Exactly right. In that situation. And and due to the fact that you had red zone difficulties in the game, let's go ahead and see if we can execute and, and, and get it done mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. It's so, so frustrating to, if that's the Patriots and they don't punt in the game at home, they put up 50 and to yeah. watch Kirk Cousins struggle. And against that team, that one in five team that was has been blown out by worst team just goes to show you there's three things you can't handicap. You can't handicap penalties. You can't handicap turnovers. You can't handicap coaching stupidity. You see it every single week. Freddie Kitchens is number one in the coaching stupidity chart. Mike Zimmer's not that far behind. He's not. That was just a pathetic offensive performance. 19 points, no punts. Just unbelievable. It just goes to show you, man. Just goes to show you. Don't buy the hype for the Vikings. Don't do it because they're going to go down to New Orleans in the NFC Conference Championship game and get lit up like Baghdad. Well, I, I didn't really care if there was a touchdown or not there. My play was the under 42, which was very comfortable. Even if the Vikings punched in another touchdown, I just didn't think that this Washington team was ever going to score on the Vikings defense, and they didn't. You know, it was field goal, field goal, field goal. Uh, college last night, uh, though, as we record this on Friday, uh, Thursday night, you had uh, your Houston Cougars, who you love 
taking to cover. Uh, cover the spread against SMU. Even though SMU won the game, they are still undefeated on the year. But it was Houston covering. Please tell me you took the 13 with the Cougars. Nope, I deserved to lose last night. I passed on them because the game spooked me a little bit based on their implosion in the fourth quarter against Cincinnati. Um, you know, they had a chance to backdoor that. And young kid threw an interception on first and goal at the, you know, first and 10 at the 12-yard line late. Yep. Um, with 40 seconds to go. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I just felt like that was going to be a lingering thing with them and not getting back up for this SMU team. But they did. Credit to credit to Houston for, for, for playing tough and doing something against uh, SMU that they couldn't do against Cincinnati. Cover the number. And, it, you know, that, that Cincinnati-Houston uh, game last week cost my buddy a five-team parlay for 25000 So I was still okay. Jeez. Yep. Fifth, fifth game. 4-0 going into that game. And uh, Houston cost us the, the winner. So, yeah. That mm-hmm. is brutal. Ugh. Ouch, uh, owie. Let, let's talk about this Saturday's college football slate. Um, there's a lot of games that I'm just staying clear away from just because uh, I just honestly, I, I feel like I know which side is the right side, but I honestly feel like I can get burned in some of these games. For example, Ohio State, Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure that the Buckeyes are just a better team. And, and the way that Wisconsin played last week might have just been the trap game scenario. And the weather might be a factor. 14 and a half might be too much. I'm pretty sure that also the right side is Wisconsin plus the points. But I can see Ohio State winning in a blowout here. Bro. Let me. To borrow from Denzel Washington in the movie Philadelphia. Let me explain this to you like you're a four-year-old. Okay. There are games in this business that we see and we watch that should hand us a winner in another game, and we all miss it. And the entire world missed it last Saturday. Friday night, when you saw Ohio State beat Northwestern at Northwestern 178-3, to (laughs) what that did is it devalued the strength of how good Wisconsin is. Northwestern went into Wisconsin a few Saturdays ago, catching 23 and a half. Covered. It was a 24-15 game in the fourth quarter, and Northwestern was driving when they turned it over to make it a one-score game. Now, you struggle on your home field with Northwestern and Ohio state goes into Northwestern and just, you ever see a, you ever been around people who have cats? <laughs> sure. You ever see a cat play with that little teeny stuffed animal mouse, yep. mouse yep. just bats it all over, bats it off the wall, throws it up, bats it off the nightstand, hops up there, knocks it back down, just beats it, just beats it all over. That's what Ohio state did in Northwestern. Once that happened, and knowing Wisconsin knew they had Ohio State next week, you could have went and bet everything you owned on Illinois plus the 30 over Wisconsin based on the fact that, A, Illinois had just played Michigan competitively the week before, and, B, Wisconsin was devalued off the Northwestern blowout by Ohio State. 
And what would you have had? You'd had a 30-point underdog that won the game outright, and Ohio State handed that to the world. And the only reason that stopped me from betting it, using it, unloading it, lunging it, was how much money Lovey Smith has cost me in my life. Mm. I swear to God, if I see Lovey Smith walking down the street anywhere on the, in the world, Israel, France, Egypt, Philippines, Singapore, deep in the Amazon, deep in the Amazon, I'm on a hike. And I see Lovey with another hiking group, and I see him. Oh, you better hold me back. So I'll run right over, and I'll just go straight up gangsta. Stick out my hand and say, how much money you got on you right now? You got your wallet on you? Give me every fucking credit card you have, because that's how much money you owe me. Rex, Rex is my quarterback. Rex, my quarterback. <laughs> Rex, my quarterback. You and Rex. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's the only reason why I didn't unload on that. And sure enough, so for me, you don't go on the road, bro, and, 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 and lose outright as a 30-point road favorite and go into Ohio State and rebound in seven days. It's not happening. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's supposed to rain all day. It's the only thing from that's having me not snap the rubber band on this. I still would lose with Ohio State 100 times over then take a chance on a coach and a coaching staff that had one of the biggest upsets in Big Ten history versus the line. Man, that's the blind leading the blind. That's, yep. that's, that's the blind leading. That's, that's a poorly coached football team that's going to get their ass handed to them on Saturday. A couple other games that I think I might be staying away from. Uh, Auburn and LSU. LSU a 10.5 point favorite. Joe Burrow was the Heisman favorite. This offense has looked fantastic this year. The Auburn defense is the truth, though. We know that. Their defensive front might be the best in all of college football. Rain could also come into play there at Baton Rouge, which scares me with the heavy favorite. LSU's the better team. LSU's going to be setting up that matchup with uh, Alabama coming up, in which is not going to be in prime time for the first time in forever, but that's a whole TV argument that uh, that is uh, we can have. But anyway, how do you even play this one? Take Auburn plus the points. Yeah. And I assure you, if Bo Nix implodes on the level that he imploded at Florida, um, I will be catching the first flight Sunday morning to Alabama. I will get arrested for assault. Uh, I'll stand before the judge, and he'll say, Brandon Lang, how do you plead? And I'll be your honor, temporary insanity. The kid buried me at Florida, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. And I'll tell you something right now, he buried me again, your honor, two weeks in a row. Uh, I'm telling you, your honor, you, you got to just put me in a mental institution for 30 days. Let me cool off. Let me get around the other crazy people and find my sanity. Let, let me do it because there's no way they shouldn't cover the number against Florida, and there's no way. They, they, they shouldn't have covered the number here. Gus Malzahn, 9-2 and two against the number with conference revenge, catching two points or more. 9-2 yeah. and two against the number. I like the matchup. I, I don't know if Auburn can win the game outright. Listen, if Bo Nix plays the way he's played all year, Florida game the exception, they got a chance to shock the world. And the look-ahead factor, two weeks, two was out. Um, easy to get hyped and overlooking Auburn, knowing you got Bama coming into your house and, and, and the world is your oyster the SEC championship game if you get through this game right here. So uh, I'm going to take Auburn plus 10 and a half. 10 and a half is a lot of points. Uh, one line that's kind of interesting is Penn State only laying six on the road in East Lansing, taking on Michigan State. Penn State coming off the win over Michigan. Is this a letdown spot for them? 
it would be just like D'Antonio to cover this game. <laughs> it, it would be would, just like him to win this game. Off a of bye week, um, this has a, you know, albeit not as big an underdog, but a, but a Georgia, South Carolina kind of feel to it. Penn State's one and six against the spread on the road with conference events, three and seven against the numbers, a Big Ten road favorite of 12 or less. Since James Franklin has taken over for Penn State, he's failed to cover four straight versus D'Antonio. And uh, Michigan State is six and one against the spread against D'Antonio versus James Franklin. Um, D'Antonio, eight, one and one against the spread and coming off consecutive losses uh, versus winning teams. Um, I just think it's an interesting spot with State coming off the bye week. I'll go ahead and uh, take Michigan State plus the points. All right, here's a couple of games that I'm on personally. Uh, Notre Dame's going to go into Michigan Stadium and win that game. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's feeling the heat, and he's going to feel it again. And maybe some of it's not fair because he's losing to good teams, and, and I get that. But Notre Dame has had two weeks off, and, and that rest factor cannot go understated. When Michigan is playing its sixth straight game compared to Notre Dame, which has had two weeks off to prepare for this one. Uh, Michigan losing last week. At Penn State, I think, is an emotional letdown because the Big Ten title game is now out of the picture. They're playing for the Capital One Bowl or the Citrus Bowl at best. Meanwhile, Notre Dame is hoping to continue their run, finish the season with one loss, and hope that that resume is good enough to impress the College Football Playoff Committee. I think this is a spot where Notre Dame is running the ball well, taking the pressure off of Ian Book, and I think they go into Michigan Stadium. Probably a close game, but I think Notre Dame wins. Well, you're not alone in that thought process. Lined up at four, been debt down to one. You got the Sharps and the public money all over Notre Dame. Listen, you know how I feel about the khaki pant boy. You just, you do. I just, uh, not a fan. Um, he's a whiner. Um, and he can't beat ranked teams. We've seen it week in and week out. Although I will give him credit when many people, myself included, thought they were going to go to get Penn State and get blown out. They were competitive. Um, had a chance to win the game outright at the goal line. And, and once again, Patterson just implodes. And, and that's the quarterback that Harbaugh made his bed with and just can't get it done. The only thing that scares me here um, is Notre Dame is, is number one in the nation in turnover margin. Yep. Um, but, but when you, you look at the dynamics here, it just doesn't make sense why Michigan would win this game. And yet, Notre Dame's offense, 123 in red zone defense. So be careful here with Notre Dame. Um, it's just, it's, it's one of those weird, weird ball games here. Um, yeah. Harbaugh, one and nine, Harbaugh, one and nine against top 10 opponents. And the higher ranked team has won three of the four meetings between these two rivals. So, yep. I'm going to go be with the higher ranked team. Saying, you, you do that. You, you get all that. That love you want. I'm staying so far away from that game. I'm staying yeah. so far away from that game. Like this, this again, stripper reference. Um, I'm not going to the champagne room with you. I'm not. You go ahead. You go right in the champagne room with Notre Dame. And, I got it. She's got my. Game. She's got my credit card already. Uh, yeah. Here's one game that I think is a complete mismatch in terms of the spread. Uh, Arizona State laying three at UCLA. Arizona State's going to win this game by double digits. Uh, UCLA's success this year is on the ground. That's not going to be able to get going against the Sun Devil team that is 18th in the country in rushing defense. 
So UCLA not going to be able to rush for 200 yards. Their passing game is not going to be able to beat this Arizona State secondary. Meanwhile, Jaden Daniels is going to throw all over a UCLA team that gives up gives up well over 300 yards per game through the air. There is zero home field advantage because attendance numbers are hitting all-time lows at the Rose Bowl this year. Herm Edwards' team becomes bowl eligible with this win. This is an important win for them. They will roll over UCLA on Saturday night. Yeah, only thing that scares me is the letdown after the the, the tough game at Utah. Um, that was a physical hard fought game. Um, it's the only thing that scares me. But I tell you what, as far as coaching is concerned, I, I again, better defense, winnable game. Um, I don't like the fact that Arizona State's five and seventeen against the number one play in the second and back to back road games. So that kind of leans into the letdown situation off the Utah game. So um be careful. I could see I could see this game going either way. So you're you're going to some tough games, but you know uh, yeah. sometimes when you meet that girl in the barn, you can't tell she's a tranny. Just it's a tough it's tough call, tough call. So hopefully you're right. She's not packing underneath. Good luck. Give me a give me give me a read. One final college game. Give me a read on this Texas TCU game. Oh man, I think Gary Patterson goes in here and gets the job done. I don't know how much Texas has left in the tank after that game last week. <laughs> I just don't. Um, back and forth with with Kansas 50-48 was the final. The emotion of that game, you struggle at home to Kansas laying over 20, and now you're facing TCU. Patterson's 5-1 and one against the spread of the home dog off a loss. Um, Longhorns are getting gashed for 6.6 yards per carry um, by the Jayhawks last week. I think this is a good spot for TCU. I'm going to take them plus the points. Love it. I love it. Let's go to the NFL on Sunday, Brandon, and uh, give me one game at first that jumps out to you on this board, which, uh, you know, could actually present some challenges if you look up and down the slate. Well, first of all, I got I got big news. Uh, Freddie Kitchen got fired from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, he was eating too much chicken and stealing too many biscuits, and he got fired, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to let him report to everybody. He has a new job now. Um, I don't know if you've ever used a public laundromat, but he, he's got the job now, the guy that comes in with the, the blue navy pants, the black work boots, white shirt, and he's got the keys clipped onto his belt. He yep. empties all the change. He empties all the change out of the washers and the dryers. And then he's also training to fix the washer and dryers as well. A lot of, a lot of guys do both. He hasn't got there yet, but um, hopefully he doesn't get fired from that job for skimming the quarters out of the machine. Um, I know it's going to be tempting for him. He may lose a little more weight now that he's not eating all day, um, but I'm happy to report he's still got a job, um, but it's it's uh, doing the change in the laundromat. So congrats, Freddie, um, on having a, a new job because I'll be rooting for you to get blown out by 170 points on, on uh, Sunday uh, with New England and Cleveland. Um, I'm looking at Tampa Bay plus the points over Tennessee. Um, I like that. I kind of like that as well. Um, you know, I'm going to listen, I'm going to watch that game. Uh, I'm going to go to public supermarket. I'm going to buy two pounds of crab legs. I'm going to pay for them. Of course, I'm going to set up a shrine in front of my TV, melted butter, a little garlic sauce, and I'm going to put that game on and hopefully the crab legs to, to Jamie Swinson, because I had Tampa Bay plus the points over Carolina. He played an air free game, no turnovers. They beat Carolina. Um, then he goes over to, to London, uh, second meeting with Carolina and, and throws, Twenty interceptions in the game, and they get they get beat. So 
He plays a clean game. Tennessee one and ten against the spread versus non-division opponents coming off consecutive and straight up against the spread losses. I like Tampa Bay plus the points. I'll tell you what. The Philadelphia Eagles spread my ass cheeks so far open and not even not even the the small end of the Louisville slugger, but the, the big end with no lube with their performance Barrel. against Dallas. You know, to barrel, just and no lube either. Just you know, Chevy Chase, Moon River type, gonna use whole fister doc type shit. That that was just they buried me. They just destroyed lives. Especially when I had earlier in the day, I had um so many winners. Even on the podcast, I had Baylor, um, Arizona, Minnesota, Saints, and and then to isolate the Eagles was just uh you know, I must have ate some C B D treats as well. But the Eagles are in a spot this week. Uh, the last 13 games after scoring 10 or fewer points in their previous game. Eagles are 12-1 and straight up, 13-0 against the spread. So I don't think Josh Allen is good enough to exploit their secondary in the manner in which Dak did and Cousins did. And this is still a Philadelphia team that figured out a way to go into Green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to go to the well with them again and take them plus the points. And last for me, not least, um, something tells me that Arizona is going to make it a game against the Saints. Um, really? I talked. Yeah, I talked about them. I talked about them last week. Everybody loved the Giants last week. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yep. And I came right here on this podcast, and I said on this podcast, I said they're going to go in there. I wouldn't trust I wouldn't trust the Giants laying points to anybody and I'm gonna take Arizona. They have played such competitive football all year long, with the exception of the two home games against Carolina and um Seattle. I'm gonna take Arizona plus the double digits. Okay. Uh what about an interesting spot here if you look at the Seahawks and the Falcons? I know it's off the board. Uh some people were able to get it in early. If there's no Matt Ryan, is this just a slam dunk hammer of the Seahawks if you can get a decent line? I mean, Matt Schaub starting at quarterback for them? It's not going to matter whatever Ryan plays or not. They've mailed it in. They showed you that by trading Sanu. Um, and that radiates through the entire team and organization that, you know, he was well-liked, and, and now you trade him away. Um, make a note that every Seattle Seahawk game this year, the road team has covered the number. I expect Seattle to come in here and handle their business over Atlanta on Sunday. All right, finally, Brandon, uh, the Panthers go into San Francisco against the undefeated 49ers. Niners are laying five and a half. Kyle Allen starting once again at quarterback for the Panthers. Can Carolina pull an upset here, not just cover this line, but win this game outright? Man, you got some you got some really good numbers here. I mean, some really good numbers. I'm talking about the kind of numbers that I don't know. I'm a big fan of strip bars, Scott. Always have been, always will be. And a few times I've walked into a strip bar as the stripper's getting off work and just grabs my arm and says, "Hey, you want to go gamble?" And I didn't even have to spend a minute in there. And it it it's happened a few times. Scott, that's how good these numbers are right here so get ready this Panthers team has dominated the Niners since their inception into the NFL 17 and 4 against the spread all time 
nine and one against the spread in San Francisco. In addition, they're seven and one against the spread with a 500 or greater record when playing with rest off consecutive wins. The Niners might win, but the numbers tell you. Take Carolina. That's the point. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our slate this weekend. Good luck, Brandon. Uh, any uh, specialties coming up on BrandonLang.com? Biggest game of my life will be going over the weekend, so make sure you check the website. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. Then again, maybe not. <laughs> make sure you check the website. Depends on what side of the bed I wake up on. And I'm going to a strip bar tonight, so I won't well, do any blow, though, just so you, you know. You have but fun. Make sure you leave, that, make sure you leave that little <laughs> podcast. By the way, don't you edit that out, because that's, that's true. I, I don't do blow anymore. So. You you have fun. Uh, if you go to Crazy Horse, let me know. Crazy Horse three, baby. I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna. You remember when Beverly Hills Cop when they walked in and they said Taggart was present Ford. Okay. You remember? Yeah. You remember? No. I'm gonna go in. And be, I'm gonna go in Beverly Hills Cop the movie. They went into yeah. the strip bar uh-huh. and Betty Murphy says that. Did you watch the movie? God, your generation is just Yes, bad. of course I've seen Beverly Hills Cop. There was supposed to be no right, well, they, Okay, when they went into the strip bar, okay. Eddie Murphy said that Taggart was President Ford. Well, when I go into the strip bar tonight, I'm going to be you. Which leads to a funny story real quick. Ted Shreve and I, 1999 here in Vegas, we walked into Olympic Gardens. And Vijay Singh, and this is a great story. I just remembered this. And Teddy and I are walking, and VJ Singh's walking out. And VJ Singh's like, hey, Teddy. He's like, hey, VJ, what's up? He goes, nothing. And he walks out. And the stripper that I guess had just danced for him, he leaves. She's standing there, and her friend walks up. And Ted and I are walking right by, and the stripper goes, wow, I just danced for Tiger Woods. VJ was telling all the girls in the strip bar it was Tiger Woods. <laughs> Fantastic. You gotta love, you gotta love VJ Singh, and that's a true story, by the way. So, good way to end the podcast. VJ Singh, Olympic Garden, telling all the strippers of Tiger Woods. Anyway, uh, bro, I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Have a good week, buddy. Later. There he is, Brandon Lang. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to the Sharp Edge wherever. You get your podcasts from just type in Sharp Edge or The Sharp Edge, Sharp Edge Sports Betting, Gambling. Check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V.com. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Until next week, good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.